0: Well, this is the, the, the last week that I shall be doing the, the little series on the Lord's Prayer. And uh, next week, I think it's Paul, and it's looking forward to telling others about Christ and the great message of the Gospel. I think that's what we're gonna do the next few weeks. So that's going to be exciting, isn't it? The disciples saw Jesus praying. They heard the intimacy which he had with his father. They saw the power of his life. Demons cried out, sicknesses were healed. The dead were raised. And they said to Jesus, Lord, we would like to be like that. We would like to be able to pray. We would like that sense of intimacy that you have with your Father. Teach us to pray like that. And he taught them this prayer, which we call the Lord's Prayer. And it will come up. I've got a little PowerPoint. I hope you got it. Um, And uh, I would like us all to say it again for the last time. Would you mind standing with me? And let's pray this prayer. The ancient Jews, they would stand when they prayed. Hallelujah. All right. Let's all pray this. If you could just forget you're saying the Lord's Prayer and pray. Do you understand that? Just try and forget the person who you came with, or, and, and just get a vision of talking to your heavenly Father. Maybe just for a moment, just you and the Lord, okay? Um, so let's start. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, The Lord bless you. Please take your seats. We began this little series by saying that the Lord said to them, when you pray, say, Our Father. Just remind yourself that you're part of the great family of God. And then remind yourself that God, who created the universe, who is so vast in knowledge, way beyond our wildest imaginations, but to us, he's our father. And we can approach him as our father. And Last week, we looked at the kingdom, just praying that the rule of God would be the rule of mankind, that the kingdom would come. And though it will come universally at one time, it can come in our hearts where the rule of God can, can be in each one of our lives. This next part that we're going to do this morning um, is the first real, I think, personal aspect of the Lord's Prayer. (laughs) Now, I don't know about you, but a lot of people, when they start praying, they immediately start, Lord, give me this, give me that. Jesus said, no, he said, don't do it that way. When you pray, say, our Father in heaven, hallowed is your name, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth. Then, later on, give us. So, I want to talk this morning on three things give us, forgive us, and deliver us. Right? Give us, forgive us, and deliver us. Prayer is the pipeline through which the blessing of God comes and the presence of God comes. And if the pipeline is blocked in some way, the presence and the blessing of God can't come through as it should do. What things block the pipeline of prayer? Well, first of all, unbelief will block the pipeline of prayer. Unrepented, An unforgiven sin will block the pipeline of prayer. And then wrong motives can block the pipeline of prayer. So we're now praying to our Father and we're saying to him, Lord, give us what we need today. All of us have needs, material, spiritual, emotional and every one of us is in need of something in our life. Give us our daily bread. It speaks of, the material, first of all, the material things of life. And Jesus said about um, the material things, money and uh, possessions and this kind of things, this is what the Lord Jesus said. He said, therefore I say to you, Do not worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, or your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap, nor gather into barns, yet your Father feeds them, and you are more valuable than they. God looks after the birds and he'll look after you. The Christian attitude to money is important. Jesus spoke a lot about it. The Apostle Paul, writing to Timothy, said, true godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. After all, we brought nothing into this world and uh, we can take nothing out of it when we leave it. Uh, So if we have enough food and clothing, let us be content. He said, But people who long to be rich fall into temptation and are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows." He didn't say money is the root of all evil. He said, it's the love of money that's the root of all evil. But we're encouraged to pray for our daily needs. Um, The wise man in the book of Proverbs, he realized his own weakness, probably in this very area. And in Proverbs 30, it says, oh God, I beg two favours from you. Let me, uh, l- uh, let me have them before I die. First, help me never to tell a lie. And second, give me neither poverty nor riches. Give me just enough to satisfy my needs. For if I grow rich, I may deny you and say, Who is the Lord? And if I am too poor, I may steal and thus insult God's holy name. So he realized, can God trust you with wealth? I've been looking for this all my life. Some people can be trusted with money and some can't. (laughs) I remember a, a brother in our previous church years ago, he had a very good business. He was in what they call the rag trade, selling garments and materials and all this, and he was doing very well. He and his wife both had nice BMW cars, and they were doing very nicely. And then he had a couple of bad debts and went bankrupt, and his whole world shattered around him. He got depressed down. You couldn't raise it. His whole world collapsed because this had been taken away from him. And uh, I thought then, I thought, we shouldn't put too much store in these kind of things. We must trust the Lord each day for his daily provision. Um, And uh, I was thinking sometimes we we could do with a we, we, we can manage with a little bit less. We went to a youth camp for many years in, in the uh, Lake District. It's famous for its mountains and the rain that you get. And uh, I remember one particular, or two particular years we were there, we had two and a half days of sunshine in, in four weeks altogether. We were in a tent, and there was a standpipe for cold water and The first day, you thought, "Oh, good gracious, why did I volunteer for this? You are and across the field when it 's cold and damp and uh, But after a few days, after a few days, you get used to it and uh, I thought, then we, we can manage it it 's amazing what you can actually." manage on. But God wants us to prosper as well. God wants you to prosper. A number of the people in the Bible were wealthy people. Abraham was wealthy. Isaac, Jacob was wealthy. Job in the Bible was very wealthy. Um, The question is, do you have money or does money have you? (laughs) When the children of Israel were coming out of the, of, of the wilderness into the promised land, God said to them, he said, I'm bringing you in. You've been living sort of hand to mouth. You've been living depending every day. But I'm bringing you into a land of plenty. There'll be vineyards you've never sown. There'll be wells you've never dug. There'll be plenty of food for everyone. Now, he said, when you get there, Do not say, my power and the might of my hands have gained me this wealth. And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth. God gives you the intellect. God gives you the skill. God gives you the ability. You work hard. You study hard, you get your, your qualifications and your achievement, but remember, God gave you the, the intellect. God gave it all for you. And sadly, some people, when, when, when things are tough and, and they're trusting God every day, and they're, looking, they're walking with the Lord, but when things get too easy and everything is so easy, they forget the Lord. And we've seen this over and over. So Jesus said, when you pray, say, give us today our daily bread. And as, as the psalmist said, if, if riches increase, don't set your heart upon them. Uh, don't make them all of your life. Um, but praise God, God wants us to prosper. and it's not, uh, uh, And if prosperity happens to you, Remember the Lord, we're praying for multimillionaires to join this church, become tithers. (laughs) Do you have money or does money have you? Lord, give me what we need today. So there's material things and spiritual. We all have spiritual needs. What is your need today? It may be for the reassurance of the presence of God with you. Just let me know, Lord, that you are with me. Let me know that things are going to be okay. Julian of Norwich prayed, uh, made the statement, all will be well, and all manner of things will be well, and all shall be well. Trusting the Lord and being reassured that he's with you. Then some of us have family worries, problems either with siblings or fa- parents or children. There was an old song we used to sing many, many years ago Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. Leave it there, leave it there. Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. If you trust and never doubt, He will surely bring you out. Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. We all need that uh, daily walk with the Lord. <clears throat> Some may need to really know that you have been forgiven and that all the pastors we've been singing this morning, all the pastors completely gone and it's all over with. And this is your your daily need. <clears throat> there was a lady in the Bible from... Um, We call her the Syrophoenician woman. And she had a daughter who was demon-possessed. And they tried everything, couldn't fix it. And she heard that Jesus was there in the area. So she came to him. Well, she came to his disciples, first of all. (coughs) Jesus ignored her. Then The disciples said, oh, send her away. And uh, she came to Jesus and and, and she said, Lord... um, my daughter is vexed with this evil spirit. And Jesus said to her, he said, I'm not sent to you people up here in the north. He said, I, I'm only sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But that didn't deter her. She said, Lord, she saw, Lord, help me. <laughs> and then he said to her, I don't know what you would have done or what I would have done. Then he said to her, it's not right to take the children's bread and to cast it to the dogs. Wow, what an insult. What did she say? She said, truth, Lord. But even the little dogs under the table, they eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. All I want today is a crumb from heaven that will heal my daughter. <laughs> and maybe as we're sitting in church this morning, all you need is a crumb from heaven that will just meet your need, satisfy your soul. Give us this day our daily bread. I just need something. When the children of Israel were in the wilderness, he said, he said to them, he said, I'm going to give you some food every single day. Manna every day. You don't gather too much, you just gather enough, except when it's the Sabbath, Shabbat, you can get twice as much then and it'll be okay. But if you gather too much, it will breed worms and stink. you just got to have every day. And Jesus said that he was the bread of life that had come down. And we need to have that daily walk with the Lord that daily something from heaven. And uh, I was thinking about this the other day, and I thought, well, how has the Lord spoken to me today? This is a few days ago when I was in. And I was reading in the Bible where he said, I'll call you by a new name. And uh, I thought, I wonder if God called me by a new name, I wonder what it would be. I don't think it would be Fred or... Bill, the name describes the character. The name describes how the Lord would think about us. Supposing the Lord called you by a new name, faithful or true or whatever. A new name, and it really just blessed me. And I was reading this morning um, about King Hezekiah, but well, the army came around, and poor old Hezekiah, he hadn't got the troops to fight off this great Assyrian army. King Sennacherib came and he was going to destroy Jerusalem. And, and they sent Hezekiah a, a, a letter, a threatening letter, and it blasphemed the Lord. He said, None of the people who worshiped other gods has ever been able to stand against the king of Assyria, and your God won't be able to do the same either. So what did Hezekiah do? He laid it before the Lord. He said, Lord, would you read this letter? Have you ever had a poison pen letter? Or a letter that's not so, not so nice? Lay it before the Lord. Lord, Lord you read this. And uh, the, the, uh, the prophet sent the word. He said, this is what the Lord says. He says, I'm going to get rid of this enemy for you. I'm going to save this city. And praise God, there was a mighty deliverance. And I thought, poor old Hezekiah, struggling to fight off this enemy. And he could, it was far too strong for him. But God had a way of bringing deliverance. And God has a way of bringing you and I deliverance. When there doesn't seem to be a way forward, praise God, he can make a way forward for you. <clears throat> so I thought, Lord, I just, praise God, I just needed to, I just needed to hear that. <clears throat> um, right, the apostle said, didn't he? Um, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he's done. And then he went on to say later, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Give us this day our daily bread. And uh, for, for those of you who, who maybe don't know, there's a little booklet out called um, The Word for Today. And Claire, if she's here, um, she will give you one. the free. Uh, for, for a little bit of reading for every day, but feed your spirit on the Word of God and feed your soul on the Word of God. Give me something today, Lord, that I can live today. Give me today my daily bread. <clears throat> then he goes on to say, forgive us. <clears throat> forgive us. Now, we all need forgiveness at th- for something uh, in, in our lives. And I was thinking of that great prophet Isaiah. And he, he had been a prophet, so it, it, he was moving in the things of the Spirit. He was a, 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 an established prophet, but then he had a, a, an amazing vision. And he said, it was the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. He said, and uh, <clears throat> the, th- there were cherubims flying around, and, and the pulse of the door moved, and these cherubims were singing, Holy, Holy Holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. And Isaiah is transported into an absolutely fearsome, holy place. Now, he's not a bad guy. He's a good guy. But when he was in that environment, what did he say? He said, woe is me. I'm undone. I'm a man of unclean lips. I've not been compared to... Sometimes we compare ourselves with the wrong people. Now, if I compared myself to my wife at running, I would win every time. I would. Um, You know, it's not one of her strong points. (laughs) She has other great strong points. (laughs) So if I compared myself to her, I'm doing fine. If I compare myself to Usain Bolt, I'm not doing fine. <laughs> in fact, I'm doing terrible. <clears throat> and Isaiah uh, was in this place of absolute holiness, absolute purity, where the, 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 the angelic beings were saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. The whole earth is full of his glory. And, it's, and, 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 and he felt dirty. He said, My my speech isn't what it should be. I'm a man of unclean lips, and I'm looking around where in the environment where I'm living, and they're all like me. They all have unclean lips. The whole lot of us are unclean in his sight. So we all need forgiveness at some time. In our lives, and to come before the Lord and say, Lord, that, that attitude I had was, was, wasn't really right, wasn't that that word I spoke, that thought I had, cleansed me, <clears throat> forgive me. And there's something wonderful about being forgiven. <clears throat> um, Peter uh, thought he was being rather spiritual when he said to the Lord, How. Many times shall I forgive my brother who sins against me. Lord, shall I forgive him seven times? You know, in a day, you know, he, he, he insults me. I say, I forgive you. You know, he, he, he robs me. I say, I forgive you. Seven times in a day. Jesus said, no, don't say seven times, but 70 times seven. He said, he told the story of a man who owed a phenomenal amount of money to his employer, uh, to the king, rather. And uh, we would say it was millions of pounds. He was just so much in debt, in debt. How he ever got in debt, we're never told, but he was just so much in debt. He would never have been able to pay in two or three lifetimes. And so the king said, right, he said, um, Sell him, sell all that he has, sell his wife, sell his kids, and that will we'll at least recoup something. And this guy, he fell down at the king's feet. He said, he said your majesty, please, he said, please, not my wife, please, I'll, I'll pay back everything. I honestly will, I'll pay back. And in that moment, the king had great compassion upon him. And he said, Luke, he said, this is what I'm going to do. I am going to release you from all that debt. Those millions and millions of pounds, you don't owe a penny. You are free to go. Well, it felt like 10 tons had been lifted off his shoulders. He felt like a, we would say a spring chicken. He, he just felt great. He's free of debt. He's nothing else to pay. And he's walking down the road and suddenly he remembers there's a guy that owes me a couple of thousand quid. I'd better go and get that. So he goes to this guy. He said, come on, matey, pay me what you owe. And the guy said to him, he said, he said, Things have been bad at the moment. Business hasn't been so, so great. But I've got some work coming in. And, and, and would you be a little patient with me? And I will pay you. And this guy, he said, pay me. You won't. He got all of him by the scruff of the neck. He took him to the jailhouse. He threw him in the jail until he should pay his debt. Now, there were people from the palace watching all this. And they came, and they said to the king, they said, Your Majesty, you know that man that you forgave all those millions of pounds of debt? He said, said, he's just found somebody that owes him a couple of thousand, and he asked for forgiveness, asked for time, but he wouldn't listen. He He said, well, bring him back in. He said, I forgave you all your debt. So you should have forgiven those who were indebted to you. And he said, take this one and cast him into the prison where the tormentors are, the tormented of the unforgiving. The unforgiving heart uh, is a a terrible thing. Jesus said, If we want God's forgiveness, we must forgive others as well. Uh, Mahatma Gandhi said, The weak never forgive. Forgiveness is the attitude of the strong. We often say unforgiveness is a kind of hook in your cheek. If you went down to Plymouth Hall and watched the people fishing. I would rather watch paint dry myself. (laughs) They never seemed to catch any when we were there. But if one of these fishermen flicked his rod back and caught you in your cheek with his hook, you would just say, you stupid fisherman. You're the worst fisherman. You're the horrible. I am going to report you. I am going to write in the angling times about you. I am going to make your name mud. This is utterly irresponsible. I've never seen a worse fisherman than you. Your name is going to be plastered all over it. Nobody is going to let you anywhere near water again. You could rant and rave all of your life and he could just wind on his thing. And if you were to walk 10 yards down the road, or 10 miles down the road, he can wind you in at any time. And when we are unforgiving, the person who we are not forgiving can wind you in any time they want. The thing you've got to do is forgive. You must forgive that doesn't, mean, that doesn't mean that forgiveness means reconciliation. When we, um, when we take young couples through our marriage preparation course, which we're doing at the moment, but with, <clears throat> and we're all being challenged again by it, it <clears throat> talks about forgiveness. Forgiveness is not Forgetting. Somebody has sinned, somebody has done you wrong. It's not forgetting. Forgiveness is not condoning. Forgiveness is not continuing injustice. And it does not always mean reconciliation. You see, there may be abuse or violence, things like that. And forgiveness is not always quick. Jeff has a message on on this about this lady that sort of backed herself into forgiveness. You forgive. And it's not always about feelings. You've got to you, you have got to um do it from your will. To forgive is 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 a will thing. I will forgive those who have wronged me, I will forgive. <clears throat> uh, <clears throat> and then um, in, in our Talks with uh, young couples, it's, it's, they give us six steps of forgiveness. First of all, step number one acknowledge your pain and anger and allow yourself to feel disrespected. This hurt me. This was painful. Be specific about your future expectations and limitations. Give up your rights to get even. <laughs> There's something, when, if you watch these films where the baddie is getting away with it and he gets away and then suddenly he gets his comeuppance and you think, yes, got him. <laughs> I, think it's a, I think it's a very human feeling where they get, give up the right to get even <clears throat> but insist on being treated better in the future. Don't go to blame, resentment, and negativity toward the other person. And then communicate your act of forgiveness and work toward reconciliation if possible. (laughs) Jesus said, ask the Lord, ask your Father to forgive you just as you forgive others. Be free from resentment. Be free, it's like barnacles on the boat that will drag you back. Freely forgive, freely forgive that you will be forgiven. We learned this many years ago um, and uh, I, I, I think I may have told you a few times. <laughs> this person at, at our previous church um, he was saying all sorts of terrible things about me. Now, I never realized that people could say terrible things about me, but <laughs> 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 but apparently it's true. <laughs> and uh, I, you know there was so so many lies and oh oh it was so, and I hated this person. Now, <clears throat> in we belong to the Elim. Pentecostal movement, I I think it's written in the uh, constitution somewhere, you must not hate your congregation. (laughs) (laughs) This this guy was on our leadership. (laughs) Uh, And uh, uh, I I, I hated him. And I I, I, I hated him badly. And, And my wife, she hated him worse than I did. not quite spiritual, you see. <laughs> and we got hold of a book called The Freedom of Forgiveness. Somebody gave us a book, The Freedom of Forgiveness. And in this book, among a lot of other things, it said, if you came to our home and I had a very expensive vase, maybe a Ming from the Ming dynasty, a Ming dynasty vase. And you, you were handling this and dropped it. I could forgive you, but I also suffer the loss. And I felt the Lord was saying to us, I, will, I can forgive this guy, but the, but, but the bad lies that he's told, I've just got to let it go. And, and the, the Lord certainly spoke to me and said, don't justify yourself. Do not justify yourself at this time. And, and so I said, I said to my wife, I've got to go and see this guy. Well, I went up to see him and I said, Luke, I said, if we've, it, it meant the church was going to part, you know, half, go one way and half another. I said, if, if that happens, I said, we've still got to get this right. And we made it right. And we prayed together and I said, if I'd hurt you, I'm sorry. He said, if I've hurt you, I'm sorry. And uh, he prayed a prayer that, that Saul in the Old Testament said to David, you might remember. He said, I have played the fool, I have hurt exceedingly. Yeah, I remember his prayer. Well, when I left his home, it was like 10 tons had lifted off of my shoulders. I had forgiven him and 10 tons had lifted off of my shoulders. Then I remembered, I got to go home and face the wife. (laughs) But God had been dealing with her, and she'd forgiven him, and I'd forgiven him. I would like to tell you that he changed, and that we all rode off into the sunset together. (laughs) But you know, he never changed. And what he did to me, did to the next pastor. But I changed. I changed. I was free. I was free. And God wants you and I free. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive. Now there might be a number of you in church this morning and if you're honest with yourself and with your feelings, There are people that you just have not fully and freely forgiven. And God is saying to you, if you want your heavenly father to forgive you, you must forgive also. So this morning, make a decision. unhoot yourself. Say, I forgive. Mention the person's name. They may be long dead. They may be even gone gone to glory or were the other place. Said, Lord, I forgive, I forgive Uh, and receive God's forgiveness. Finally, I want to hurry along because I would like to uh, pray with some of you this morning. Deliver us, he said, deliver us from the evil one. How many of you know Satan is cleverer than all of us? Oh, yes, he can outfox you and me. He's he's been at it for so long, for centuries. He's been robbing people of the joy of the Lord. He's been robbing people of their peace. He's been robbing people of anything that Christ wants to give. He's cleverer than all of us. And so the prayer is, deliver us from this being. Deliver us from the evil one. And I thought of Lot and uh, his two daughters living in Sodom. A righteous man living in the wrong place. A righteous man keeping the wrong company. Every day he's saying he was grieved by the terrible acts that they were doing. Sexual acts, immoral acts, all the whole, and he's living in it. And, And God is going to overthrow the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. But Lot is there, and God sent two angels down into Sodom to rescue Lot, and the Bible says the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptation. When the devil was tempting Jesus to, to make stones, to make bread out of stones, he said, uh, Jesus said to him, it's written in the Bible, man shall not live on by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Every rema word, every spoken in word, doing word that proceeds from the mouth of God. God can deliver us from temptation. Sometimes we put our heads in the noose. We get into the wrong company, you know, and I think of some of the young people. Get into the wrong company where there's immorality all around you and dope smoking and all. Get out of there. Just get out of there. Be delivered from that. The Apostle Paul said that I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion and the Lord will deliver me from every evil work and preserve me for his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Give us, forgive us, and deliver us. Praise God. We can say this morning, I trust. The Lord has given, the Lord has forgiven, and the Lord has delivered me. Deliver me from all evil. And in the, the book of Revelation, it says this. He says, I heard a a loud voice saying in heaven, now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ has come. For the accuser of our brethren who accused them before God day and night has been cast down. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony and they did not love their lives unto death. God wants you and I to be more than conquerors, delivered, set free. And this morning, he understands your need. He said, give us this day what I need, Lord. Maybe it's not a material thing. Maybe that's not a problem, but there's something in your heart and you just need a touch from God. Tell the Lord what it is. I just need something today, oh Father. It will be like day,